Hello, and welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And Boppy, if you're listening, I love you. Listen, listen closer. Get closer to your Alexa. I, I love you. And we've got a special guest in the studio this week, Ethan's dog, Hendrix. That's right. He's very afraid of the workers outside, so he's on top of me. So if you hear a little barks and yips right here, it's just poor Hendrix having some anxiety. <laughs> he takes Prozac, with, and there's nothing wrong with that. I take plenty of medication as well. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to get him there, but sometimes the medication, it isn't enough. Like when there are strange men banging on the outside of your house. Yeah, it's like the strangers to him. He doesn't know any better. No, no. And speaking of doesn't know any better. As always, on an episode of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us, move your hand. He's touching the keyboard. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. Oh, As always, case. on an episode of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us, me this week, has done extensive research on a ghost, ghoul, goblin, or demon... Mm-hmm. And one of us, Shibble this week, has done absolutely nothing and comes in knowing only what he knew before. And he's going to act as the audience surrogate and ask the questions that are burning in your little hearts to know. Yeah, this is really, as I always say, the role I was born to play. <laughs> oh, you you and your self-deprecating humor. And I love learning about these new monsters. That's one of the reasons why I love getting to play the dummy. Uh, and... Uh, this week I know nothing, but the best way for me to learn is, of course, through narrative fiction. That's but, right. That's right. Narrative fiction is, of course, everyone's favorite way to learn, and uh, specifically yours. But but we're not going to do a normal story time like we do on Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour. There's a bit of a twist this week, Shivel. Tell me. Well, the twist is going to be that you wrote story time, and I'm going to cold read it blind. But before we do that, can I tell you what I think Bloody Mary is? Yes, I think that's how we should start. Um, All right. I don't even think we mentioned that. This week, the episode is about Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. You've heard the name. You might have played the game, but now you're going to know the facts. But you probably didn't play the game, or else you're, you're, a, you're a, de- a dead person. It's true. If you did play the game and you are listening... Please write in and let us know how you fought your way back from hell to reality. <laughs> like Reggie Bannister. Um, so how I'd like to begin is I'd like to turn to my compatriot, Shibble, and I'd like to ask him, Shibble, when I say Bloody Mary... Don't say it two more times. One more time. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. We're so close. But there's no mirror, so we're okay. Yeah. I don't want to give away too much. But when I say you know what... What do you picture in your mind's eye? All right, I picture a vengeful ghost. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Bloody Mary, or as I'm going to call her, BM, not (laughs) short for bowel movement, uh, that BM is a vengeful ghost that wishes that people would stop talking about her behind her back. So anytime you say your name three times in a mirror, she appears behind your back and kills you. <laughs> she doesn't like gossip, you're saying? No. You know what? 
a true friend is somebody that stabs you in the front. That's what Bloody Mary says. So we're all mean girls, basically. Yeah, yeah. And Bloody Mary is just a true innocent who deserves none of this vitriol, except for all the uh, people that she's killed when she's become a ghost. So it's I mean, the opposite of Candyman. Candyman wants you to call him. No, no, yeah. he doesn't, because then you doubt him. Yeah, but at the same time, if you do call him and he kills you, that helps spread his legend, which he likes. Yes, so it's, he, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a He's it's got a, a complicated relationship with him. It does, and he's, a, he's so romantic as well. It's true, and what a voice. Yeah, so um, I think that the best way, as you said, and as we always do... Mm -hmm. to explain bloody mary is through narrative fiction so i think it's story time it's story time it's story time with uncle monster story time it's story time it's story time it's story time with uncle monster story time hi a long time ago in a village far no no no. i wrote hi to you in the email oh okay that was me saying hello to you Okay, I thought I was saying hi to the audience. So now I present Shibble reading the Bloody Mary story time that I wrote. Hi! <laughs> a long time ago, in a village far, far away, lived a beautiful young mother named Shabrina. Shabrina was married to her true love, the kindly Lord Jeffrey. No, and no. To, oh, sorry, the kindly Lord Jeffy. And they had two adorable, sprightly children, Conch and Wordle. Shabrina had reached this amazing degree of happiness at merely 19 years of age. Little did the rest of the village know that, in secret, Shabrina was a bloodline white witch, practicing benevolent white magic to help the village and her neighbors thrive and prosper. Shabrina the teenage witch <laughs> was pretty much loved by the rest of the village for her beauty, her charm, and effervescent personality. She was known to take in stray cats in bulk and nurse them to health, only to give them to loving homes in the village. She, Lord Jeffy, Conch, and Wordle couldn't have been any happier. Shabrina took Jeffy's hand and whispered, I can't wait to spend the rest of always with you. However, Shabrina spoke too quickly. The summer brought with it a virulent sickness, a plague, ooh, topical, and most of the village fell ill. In a matter of days, the bodies began to stack up in the streets. Shabrina confined herself and her family to the house to avoid the sickness. The furious, uh, she furiously cast white magic spells to protect the village, but to no avail. The following day, Shabrina discovered that her best friend, Damocles, had perished from the sickness. She watched from the window as the familiar scene replayed. The victim was buried with a hole dug from the coffin to the surface. A string was placed in that hole and attached to a bell near the family of the deceased. This way, just in case the dead was not in fact dead, they could ring the bell and be dug up before suffocating. This made sense, as medical knowledge was not impressive in the simple village, and in years past, many had been buried prematurely. Whoops! This sickness, though, had left no survivors in its wake. 
Damocles was laid to rest as Shabrina watched. Across the way, she sees the inept village doctor working on a doomed patient. He looks up and sneers at her and licks his lips. He has always disgusted her. Her mother had always warned her to beware of Dr. Colet. Shabrina stayed with her family, but the following day, the very same Dr. Colet came to the door and requested Lord Jeffy's help with his stable hinges. His stable hinges were a real problem. Lord Jeffy took the children and went to help his neighbor. Dr. Colet gave Shabrina a lascivious glance and thanked her for letting him borrow her family. He then joked with Jeffy about borrowing his family in a most inappropriate way. Jeffy laughs politely and Dr. Colet presents Shabrina with a beautiful polished apple as a sort of thank you for her family's help. She accepts timidly and is glad when Dr. Colet is gone from her domicile. Shabrina eats her almost too red apple and reflects on that lascivious doctor. She wishes Jeffy hadn't gone. Later, when he arrives home safely with the children, she is just so thankful that nothing is wrong. She coughs. Shabrina hugs Conch and Wordle. She coughs again. Something is wrong. The next day, Shabrina woke with a burning fever, almost delirious and soaked with sweat. She seemed to have caught the sickness ravaging the village. But she hadn't left the house, and the family had worn their plague masks. Jeffy wails in sadness, and the children sit frozen in fear. Shabrina's condition worsens quickly, in an even more accelerated fashion than the other plague sufferers. Shabrina says weakly, It's just so cold. I think I see Damocles calling to me from the light. Jeffy wails out not to go to the light. Dr. Colet barges through the door and gets to work. He declares that he is, it is certainly the plague and begins administering treatments. His hands brush Shabrina's breasts as he listens to her heart. Dr. Colet declares Shabrina is doomed. Jeffy wails a third time. The children begin to cry. Shabrina is babbling now, hardly conscious. Finally, with a great heave, Shabrina breathes her last. Lord Jeffy wails again and again and again. The next day at the funeral, Conch and Wordle place homemade flower wreaths on their mother's grave as Lord Jeffy excitedly sets up the bell system. <laughs> he's really amped up for this bell system. Well, he's got to uh, have something to look forward to now. Yeah. Soon I won't hear my alive wife ringing that bell. <laughs> uh, Dr. Colet tells him not to even bother and offers him several amethyst pieces for the bell. Jeffy refuses and loyally sets up the alarm device. For the three days, he would sit with the children by the bell and listen for the faintest sound indicating any sign of life by the love of his life, Shabrina the Teenage Witch. Each day they wait, and each day they hear nothing. Not the slightest jingle. On the third day, they accept an invitation to share their grief over dinner at Dr. Colet's house. Having waited that long, Shabrina was gone, and they would have to move on with their lives without her. 
however impossible that might seem. As they left the grave site, Shabrina's bloodshot eyes shot open. They dart around, taking in nothing but stark darkness. Shabrina lets out a blood-curdling scream. She focuses to try and piece together what has happened to her as something brushes her hand. She screams again, imagining some poisonous insect or snake. What does she remember? Jeffy, kids, Colet, apple, an apple. She ate an apple from that bastard, Dr. Colet. She'd been poisoned, made to seem like a plague victim. Something brushed her hand again and Shabrina squirmed away. She began to claw at the coffin. Finally, her hand is brushed again and she realizes she has the, the string in the coffin. There's a plague bell. She's saved. She rings it time and time again, but it falls on deaf ears as Dr. Colet plies Lord Jeffy with drink. As the hours pass, something happens to Shabrina. Her heart grows a shade darker each time she thinks about her situation. Her soul grows a slice thinner each time she imagines dying in this hole. Shabrina makes a decision. Her fingernails are dripping blood from scratching at the coffin. She takes his blood and draws a pentagram on the surface of the coffin. She calls Abagor, Duke of Hell and summons the horse-riding demon. His presence shakes her, and his voice tickles her ears as he offers her a deal. She begins to laugh as she loses everything. Her Jeffy, her life, Conch, and even Wordle. She laughs and claws at the ceiling and bleeds over her face, and white funereal dress as the demon grants her request. She rings the bell some more, and then, as the demon leaves her, the human Shibrina dies. This time, for good. At Dr. Colet's house, Jeffy hears a slight ringing in the distance, and pushes the table over. He grabs the children, running through the streets, calling the villagers. He yells, She's alive! And grabs a shovel, and begins digging up his beloved. The children watch in awe, and people gather and form a crowd. Dr. Colet looks on nervously, hoping that this cannot be possible. When Jeffy finally exhumes Shabrina, the crowd gasps. Her face and white funereal dress are covered in blood, and her fingernails are sharp and ripped raggedly. She is limp, and Dr. Colet approaches, relieved as Jeffy pointedly cries out, realizing that Shabrina is still gone. Colette holds a mirror in front of her nose as a formality to check for a sign of breath. Instead, lightning flashes, and the doctor screams out as a mirror grows impossibly hot. His skin is marked with a scar like a stem cell or an adopted cat. <laughs> Shabrina's soul was no longer in her body. It had entered the mirror where it would live on and visit places like Stamford, Connecticut, 2022, 400 years later. Apple Colet puts down her retainer and stands in front of a mirror with three of her best friends in her Stamford, Connecticut home. It's very late for the 11-year-olds, nearly midnight. 
a perfect time to play the new viral game they heard about from Buzz Aldrin at school. Not the astronaut. There was a kid in their class named Buzz Aldrin. Apple turns to her friends, nervous but excited. Ready, she says. Her giggling friends agree. The four tweens chant, Bloody Shibby, in the mirror three times. They hesitate a good five seconds before finishing the last one because that's the scary one. The lights go out because Apple turned them out. She knew nothing would happen. The girls leave the bathroom and go to the bedroom next door. They say goodnight as Apple remembers she left her retainer in the bathroom. She skips her way there, humming the new Purple Eider song as she gets near the door. And then two white, gnarled, powerful arms drag her inside. The door slams. Agonized screams echo throughout the suburban neighborhood for nearly 20 seconds. Blood flows through the space between the door and the carpet of the bathroom doorway. When Apple's mother opens the bathroom door, she has to vomit before even being able to confront her viciously maimed child. Yay! Great story. Comfort her viciously maimed child. Oh, well, before she can even confront the child either. Oh, it's true, but according to the words, you know. Yeah, you know, I like to put a little pepper on it. What'd you think? You like? I did like it. Good. I think think, that was a good story. I thank you, Shibby. I love the way you read it. Thank you. It was fun. It was fun to read something written in a different cadence than my own. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I would like to read one of yours. Okay. Maybe we'll try that next time. If you like that, fans, tune in next time. And if you didn't, I'm sorry it's happening again. Yeah, or, or let us know immediately and we'll stop it. Yes. Although we will have recorded this and that probably a good two months before you hear it. So let's talk some Bloody Mary, devil. Yes. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. And also, you know, if you want to set the scene... Well, first, give me your big picture. Give me your big picture, Bloody Mary. Okay. I know I know now who Bloody Shibby is. Yeah, well, is Bloody... Is it a similar situation? <laughs> um, is it related? It could be. That's, that's one of the origins. Okay. okay. It's a very... We're, we're t- we're, there's a lot going on with Bloody Mary. In mm. general... Bloody Mary is the legend of a ghost, phantom, or a spirit conjured to reveal the future. Okay. She's said to appear in a mirror when her name is chanted repeatedly. The Bloody Mary apparition may be benign or malevolent, depending on historic variations of the legend. Bloody Mary appearances are mostly witnessed, quote-unquote, in group participation or by a man who is about to die. Okay. Okay, so she apparently will attack lone men, but not groups. I think I think know. they have like I think they're gonna die anyway. Okay, maybe they'll die later, and Bloody Mary will make it look like an accident. <laughs> I think it's more of an omen. Okay. In that particular. Okay. Okay, so it's not that Bloody Mary in that situation is killing them. It's that she is foreseeing their death in a in a final destination sort of way. Like like Black Dog. Okay. Like okay. Zepp- Zeppelin. Like a psychopomp. Like Hendrix, Black Dog. Oh, hey, buddy. How's he doing? Hey, oh, he's feeling a little sad. He's feeling a little sad. Um, Uh, Listeners, if you want to make Hendrix feel better, like and subscribe and follow us on social media, and we'll tell him. At Uncle Monster 6. 
on all your favorite social media platforms. So let's talk canonical legend. Okay. So according to legend, Bloody Mary is the ghost of an unhappy woman, which is surprising, mm. who either committed suicide due to having her baby stolen. <laughs> I'm glad it's not a ghost of a happy woman. Yeah, well, you don't want, you know, you don't want a happy person cut down to the prime of their life. No, no, that may make the story too sad. This or, she, makes it or she was accused of murdering her children. Mm. Depending did she on, do it? Uh, yes. Yeah, I bet she did. Based on her behavior afterwards, which is very poor. Mm, yeah. She has no problem with murder that much. But maybe it's sort of a, if I'm doing the time, I might as well do the crime situation. Yeah, maybe we created her. Depend. Maybe she's like La Llorona. <laughs> Perhaps she's like the classic Mexican legend La Llorona. Perhaps coming up later this season. Oh, that would be interesting. That'd be a good one. It couldn't be worse than the movie. I bet the movie is not good. It's, is that a James Wan? Uh, no, but it's like a fake James Wan because they brought in the guy who was like studying at his heels and okay, he did an Im- Im- imitation that w- wasn't horrible, but it, it it was it was like a fake Conjuring movie. Got it. And I don't even like the real Conjuring movies. Yeah. Much like the newest Conjuring movie, which is like a fake Conjuring movie. Is that the devil made me do it? Yes, which is what I say about buying a ticket. (laughs) Ah. Oh, he did. Uh, Depending on the variation used, uh, this uh, having, you know, her children, murdering her children or having her baby stolen turned her spirit mad with grief or anger, and she would haunt the world via the use of mirrors. Mmm. I like how I... I like Flash villain Mirror Master. Mirror Master is a real thing? Yeah, he was part of Flash's Rogue Gallery. I don't know Flash's Rogue Gallery. I can't name one. He's Flash got a though. really good Rogues Gallery, actually. Who's this his, is really fun. Who's his big nemesis? Uh, probably uh, Professor Zoom. Slowman. AKA the Reverse Flash. Oh. AKA Ubard Thon. Is he slow, Reverse Flash? No, he's a speedster from the future that came back to fuck up the Flash. Oh, I might have seen something about that on the CW show. Yeah, yeah. He wears, like, the yellow Flash suit. Yeah. Did, did he kill his family or something? Uh, yeah, he killed his... In the, in the CW's Arrowverse, the Flash's mother was killed by Professor Zoom, who framed the Flash's father. That may or may not also be main DC continuity. I'd have to track down Flashpoint. I'm sorry, I was sleeping. Um, known in life as Mary Worth. You it, brought it. It is tried to, I know. I, that's how I disavow myself. I say I was sleeping, I'd probably bring up and ask you a question. Known anyway, life, other great Arrow villains include Gorilla Grodd, uh, or sorry, Flash villains. Gorilla Grodd, Captain Cold. Captain uh, Cold. The, the Trickster, the Boomerang, Captain Boomerang, I'm sorry. Harvey Lots Hot. Yeah, Mirror Master, uh, Killer Frost. Tommy Tall. Uh, no, but there's Top Man, I'm pretty sure was a Flash villain. <laughs> I'm sure Bottom Man is in some magazines, but not the Flash. <laughs> Unfortunately not. <laughs> Known in life as Mary Worth, it is traditionally said that Bloody Mary will appear if a brave or foolish soul chants her name three or more times next to a mirror in complete darkness at midnight. So you're saying... Her real name was Mary Worth? That is one 
the one theory talk- is that she has the same name as the popular comic strip character? I don't know that comic. It's called Mary Worth. It's a long-running serialized strip about a woman that lived in, like, an apartment. Did she murder people through a mirror? Uh, no, so it's probably not... It's probably just a coincidence? I suppose so. But yeah, Mary Worth is an American newspaper comic strip that has been running for 80 years since 1938. So Bloody Mary's been around longer than Mary Worth. Yeah, so Mary Worth is probably named after Bloody Mary. Yeah. That's going to be the twist at the end. When they finally have to wrap up the strip, it's going to be revealed that she's Bloody Mary. (laughs) According to the variations of the legends we talked about, um, you can make the ghost appear by stating... Why would you do this? By going in the bathroom at midnight and stating, Bloody Mary, I killed your baby. Okay. Yeah, that would make me appear if I was Bloody Mary. Yeah, I mean, that's horrible. Yeah, and the funny thing is sometimes people just say that and they're thinking about something else. They just say those words and she shows up. What What do you mean? What What are they thinking of? They're thinking about, they actually, they were talking about a drink they just finished and they're like, Bloody Mary, I killed you, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then she shows up and like, did you say it? And no, I was just, I had a really good, the drink. I had the the tomato drink. I don't think she asked, did you say it? I think she gets to hacking away. <laughs> Maybe, you know, that's a lot to assume. She might she might double check, but you You're know right. better than I do. Do we have any facts this week? Oh, we absolutely do. We have... Can we finish the canonical legend first? Okay, please. All right. Uh, you can also get her to appear by saying, I believe in Mary Worth. Okay. Um, Once again, something I could be saying just coincidentally talking about the comic strip. Yeah, that's true. I believe in Mary Worth. It's a solid comic. You know, I think it's going to go another 80 years. You know, like, ah! Did you say it? You I killed I heard my you say babies. It. No, I didn't. I just enjoy the comic strip. Of course. Well, the, the other Mary Worth. <laughs> anyone uh, who provokes Bloody Mary is said to pay the price. Uh, mm. Unlike many ghosts who only scare humans. Bloody Mary is capable of great physical harm and will either kill her victims via disfigurement, decapitation, or by scratching their eyes out. If she is in a merciful mood, Bloody Mary is said to simply turn her victim insane. Mm. Or in the most rare of the tales, she may take a fancy to you and drag you into the mirror, presumably to the other side, like the ghosts in Poltergeist. (laughs) Mm. And... and if she fancies me like, like she wants to make out with me? Yeah, fancy. In, in like the British world? way. Boy, what a magical adventure. I but fancy still, you. I'm married. I'm sorry. I can't do that to my wife. But look I'm at sorry, me. Bloody I'm bloody Mary. No, I mean, you've got a lot going on. You do seem to be covered in blood, which I find mildly off-putting. Did your I wife mean, kill my babies? No, no. Definitely not. Did you call me? Uh, I was actually just talking about that great drink I finished at brunch. Oh, not again. Um, so let's get to some facts. Yeah, this is awkward (laughs) now. (laughs) I thought you wanted to make out with me. Well, you're married. Um, I thought I am married. We're going to have this week, because of how similar it is, we're going to have Candyman facts. Can I get a Candyman facts? Candyman facts. All right, so make this first fact how it ties to Bloody Mary, please, if you can. 
What do you mean how it ties? You don't know how it ties? In case our audience isn't familiar with the feature-length film Candyman. He comes out of a mirror and kills you. When you say his name. When you say his name. And he's an urban legend. Yeah, so, so dare I say it ties in. Yes, but if the audience was not familiar with the feature-length film Candyman, they might not know that. How many people listen to this podcast who have never heard of Candyman? How many people listen to this podcast? Right. I mean, <laughs> exactly. It's, in, it's entirely possible. And, you know, I'm trying to get more into a philosophy of treat every episode like it's someone's first episode. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, let me it handle this. Let me handle this. Uh, Candyman is about a slave named Daniel Robitaille. Uh, no, the son of a slave. And mm. he became a portrait painter, and he fell in love with a white woman. And, of course, that wasn't considered kosher to the racists um, in the South at that point in mm. Reconstruction. And they uh, cut his arm off and smeared the honey from an apiary all over his body, and he was stung to death. And then he returned as a spirit called the Candyman, who you could call in a mirror, but he would appear behind you and gut you with the hook that he uses for a hand. So they, at least after they cut off his hand, they gave him a hook before they covered him in honey. I that I did the, yeah you're right they did, that's true. Yeah, weird move, but okay. Yeah, I'd never thought about that hole in the plot. That's weird. I mean, yeah, yeah. Can I mean, but to be fair, they sounded like they were weird guys. Yeah. Who are those guys cutting off the black dude's arm? <laughs> yeah, and then covering him with honey so that bees sting him to death? Yeah. It's weird. It's yeah, they weird were acting do, weird, Chibi. I don't know. Yeah, fellas, like, this is weird. Give me this a, is too much. Give me a Candyman facts. Candyman facts. Eddie Murphy was considered for the lead in Candyman. Could you imagine? I mean, it would have been interesting. Uh, I'd I don't think see... he could have pulled it off, but you know what? I would have loved to see him try. He wouldn't have pulled it off. Though the role of Candy... How was he in Vampire in Brooklyn? I never watched that one. Uh, it's awful. I okay. love Eddie Murphy. I'm, you know me. I love Delirious yeah. and Raw. I'm the biggest Eddie Murphy as a, stand-up, as a stand-up fan that there is, even though it doesn't age particularly well. But, yeah. but, um, but in terms of craft... He was... Yeah, he was the best there was at that, at that time, and I think maybe one of the best ever, if not the best ever. But uh, he wasn't Candyman, and he couldn't do it. I mean, Tony Todd obviously is iconic. Yeah, uh, it t- turned him into a horror icon. He wasn't the only actor in consideration. Eddie Murphy was a contender. It's unclear why he wasn't cast. Those sources have reported that it had a lot to do with his height. At five mm. feet nine, he wasn't nearly as intimidating as the six foot five Tony Todd. And Tough then there were fair. the salary demands. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you could probably get a Tony Todd at, I'm going to say, a fifth, the tenth of the price of an Eddie Murphy at that time. I would say a 40th. Because, yeah, what time did, when did Candyman come out? 92. 92. That's okay, a $20 so this million been... dollar Eddie Murphy. Yeah, this would have been around... What was he making around 92? Like Beverly Hills Cop 3? $20 million. Yeah. Tony Easy. Todd was probably like 250000 Yeah. This was before his like nutty professor comeback. It was a transitional period, so I could see him trying to find what he was going to do next. But I'm glad it wasn't this. Tony Todd crushed it. Candyman could have also starred Sandra Bullock. Oh, Sandy B. On the film's DVD commentary, producer Alan Poole 
said that had Virginia Madsen been unable to step in the role of Helen after his wife got pregnant, the part would have been offered to Sandra Bullock, who was still a relative unknown actress at that point. That, you know, I love a Sandy B, but Virginia Madsen also just does a great job. I think Sandy B would have made it too poppy. Do you know what I mean? She's really pretty, though. She's very pretty. I don't think... It would be interesting to see what it would have happened to her career if she was, had done the nude scenes that were in this film at this point in her career. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, not that Virginia Madsen isn't, because she's a beautiful woman as well. Yes, Virginia Madsen, also a very beautiful woman. Uh, the bees in this film were bred specifically to appear on screen, and they are mm. not CGI. Uh, the bees are indeed real. Um, uh, they didn't so- breed CGI bees? Yeah. <laughs> They bred CGI. It would they are nanobite bots. Yeah, it, welcome to the fucking future. These uh, are AI bees that replicate themselves from scrap metal, <laughs> so that they looked appropriately terrifying, but they were less dangerous to the cast and crew. The filmmakers had uh, they used newborn bees. They were mm. just twelve hours old, so they looked fully grown, but they had less powerful stingers. Oh, that's smart. Well, no, they, they were those... still using bees on people. That's not smart. No, I mean, but you, if you want to, if you want to have a movie with a bunch of bees in it, you got to get some bees on some people. Yeah, so I guess I guess that's how you do it. You never see them use those big fat bumblebees. <laughs> It'd be really funny to see somebody get swarmed by those big fuzzy boys. Because they're cute. They're not. They're not very intimidating at all. Yeah, yeah. It'd be really funny. I, like I've never seen. I don't know even know if they do swarm. I've never <laughs> seen them behave that way. Be my victim, Helen. And then they're just like, bumble, 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 bumble. I'm gonna get you, Helen. How does Flight of the Bumblebees go? <laughs> I'm coming, Helen. 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 Yeah, that'd be... Yeah, they should have done that. Let us make the next Candyman. Yeah, we already wrote it. Um, let's talk Bloody Mary Ritual. Okay. Now, you were saying that there were two phrases that you say at midnight. Well, three. Okay. Because I didn't hear you mention anything about just chanting her name, which to me is the classic. I did. I said uh, repeatedly Uh, chanting her name. Okay. Okay. And then there's, I killed your baby. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic. And I believe in Mary Worth. Okay, so all three of those approach with very different vibes. Yeah. One 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 in particular is kind of angry. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is particularly uh friendly, I want to say. Yeah. And one is talking behind her back, like you said. Yeah. One is gossipy. Yeah. Okay. And a little a little creepy. So historically, the divination ritual encouraged young women to walk up a flight of stairs backward. Mm. Hold, Dangerous. Holding a candle and a hand mirror in a darkened house. So, that explains why so many people have been killed by Bloody Mary. Yeah, because they're, they're holding glass, fire, and they're backward in the dark. Yeah, and they're tired because it's late. <laughs> As they gazed into the mirror, they're supposed to be able to catch a view of their future husband's face. However, there You're was going to a... be catching your skull <laughs> on steps. <laughs> However, there's a chance they would also see a skull or the face of the Grim Reaper, indicating they would die before they have a chance to marry. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're also probably, uh, that'll, they'll die before they get married because they sound like they're extremely stupid. I don't want to marry them. <laughs> no one will marry them because they're too stupid? Yeah, what are you doing walking backwards up the stairs at the midnight with a candle <laughs> and a mirror? Helen, get down from there. Helen. Why are you doing that? Do you want more bees? Bring the bees. <sighs> no, bring the song. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> In the ritual of today, Bloody Mary allegedly appears to individuals or groups who ritualistically invoke her name in an act of catoptromancy. Uh, what mm, is that? Catoptromancy? It says catoptromancy. Catoptromancy? How do you spell it? C A toptromancy. Okay, I'm going to guess that that's some sort of, you know, the magic of names, like the way that you can control demons if you know their true name. Like div divination through names. Yeah, or or more... Control. Yeah, abjuration, maybe? Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, this is done by repeatedly chanting her name in the dimly lit room. The name must be uttered 13 times or some other specific number. The bloody teen. That's a lot. That is, I would get bored before I got scared. Yeah, um, I would. I would get less scared by thirteen. I'd forget by eleven where I was and quit. Yeah, You're like she's not coming, guys. Yeah, like because I'm not finishing. Uh, but the, also, I'm not gonna go do it right now. The Bloody Mary apparition allegedly appears as a corpse, witch, or ghost that can be friendly or evil, and mm. is sometimes seen covered in blood. The lore surrounding the ritual states that participants may endure the apparitions screaming at them, cursing them, strangling them, stealing their soul, drinking their blood, or scratching their eyes out. Mm. And just so you know, the modern legend of Hanako-san in Japan strongly parallels to Bloody Mary mythology. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there were Bloody Marys in cultures all over the world. Oh, you don't know Hanako-san? Uh, I'm vaguely familiar with Hanako-san. You know Hanako-san? Bloody Hanako-san? Uh, i not, I mean, not particularly. Tell me more. I've been afraid of Hanako-san for a long time. Uh, tell me about it. She's just like Bloody Mary, but Japanese. Okay. Sounds also pretty... Is, no, there's no difference. Like, there's no difference. Yeah. She's a Japanese yeah. lady... And she's mad. And if mad. you say Hanako-san, yes, I killed your baby. Yeah, she's like, uh, she goes, my what? My you baby? did what? My you you did? You killed my baby? She goes, hold on, let me check. And she goes to her nursery and checks if the baby's there. And then she comes back and she goes, my baby's right here. Yeah, I was talking about this drink that I had that's called Hanako-san. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I killed you, baby. I would like to bring up something I, I find interesting, Shibby. Please. Who was Bloody Mary when she was alive? Okay, well, I believe she was Mary Worth, <laughs> who was uh, framed for killing her babies or did kill her babies. No. Oh, no. Okay. No. Uh, no. One well, candidate is what? Mary Worth, but that Mary Worth has been identified as either A, a woman who killed... <laughs> Oh, what a bad... not a ghost. Bad lady. A woman who killed slaves escaping the American South via the Underground Railroad. What a fucking bitch. I don't like to use that word, but 
that no that that calls for it if you if you i mean really if you were killing slaves on the underground rail if you were on the freedom i don't think so yeah yeah what a piece of fucking shit so she was either that or a woman who was burned at the stake during the witch trials in the early modern period okay so that's if she's mary worth okay because those are two historical mary worths that we know right and um one of those two is from wadsworth in chicago the the, okay. sla- the slave killer yeah and uh just bo- the fucking piece of shit the piece of shit the pos i'll call her bob yeah. jensen paranormal investigator and leader of lake county's ghostland society that's uh, mm. let me tell you that's something that's a top five ghost societies in lake county definitely uh just north of saint patrick's cemetery lived a woman named mary worth in the 1860s back then many homes in gurney were part of the underground railroad mary was mary was part of the reverse underground railroad (laughs) she'd bring in the worst fucking organization in the world that is worse than the clan i think that is the reverse underground railroad she's like the the opposite of harriet tubman my god my, you, uh, history has judged you poorly. Mary was part of the Reverse Underground Railroad. She'd bring in <laughs> slaves under false pretenses to, just to send them back down south to make money. What a piece of garbage. It's not over there. There were also rumors that Mary practiced the dark arts, torturing and killing slaves for her rituals. Ah, uh, For a time... God. They turned a blind eye to her evil doing, but there came a time they were fed up, and then the people of the town lynched her on her own property. Fucking good. This is nuts. I mean, that's real, though. What a horrible person. So her body was buried on her property? Let's go fucking dig her up and shit in her mouth. <laughs> And then chant her name, so she wakes up with it in her mouth, and she goes like, "You took my ba- oh, this tastes like shit." Sure, fucking does. Put her back into the ground. <laughs> and um, legend says the stone that they found the stone that was uh, Mary Worth's grave marker. Uh, it said, "Piece of shit." Uh, it yeah. was placed in the path of the house, and creepy things began to happen, like dishes would fly off the shelves, and then and then the house burned down twice. Mm. So we have piece of so shit. So she's still being a fucking bitch. We have piece of shit bitch Mary Worth who could be Bloody Mary, number one. Yeah. Then we have Elizabeth Bathory. Oh, okay. Classic. 17th century Hungarian countess who allegedly, not really allegedly, but tortured and killed around 650 girls and women, bathed in their blood, and was accused of vampirism. Yeah. Yeah. Nice resume. Yeah. Once again, I'd say kind of a piece of shit. No, but Although, less 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 of a piece of shit than Mary Worth. Yeah, I'm gonna well that's a really tough call. No, it's a number six hundred and fifty. You don't is, know how many people she turned in on the Underground Railroad. If it's just a numbers game, take the numbers out of it. Fair enough. Yeah. And I'm gonna say Elizabeth Bathory is gonna get the edge because maybe a little bit hot. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably. A little bit sexy. Yeah, there was something about her. I like the name, too. Yeah, yeah. Really uh, musical name. And she's a countess. Um, Then, this one's good. Uh, 
she may have been Mary the First of England. Mm. Mary the First, also known as Mary Tudor, and as guess what, by Protestant opponents. Oh, by his Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. She was Queen of England in Ireland from July 1553 until her death in 1558. A bad five years. She is mm. no best known for her vigorous attempt to reverse the English Reformation, which had begun during the reign of her father, Henry VIII. Her attempt mm, okay, to I thought she was of relation to Henry VIII. Yes, that was her daddy. Her attempt to restore uh, to the church the, proper, the property confiscated in the previous two reigns was thwarted by Parliament, but during her five-year reign, Mary had over 280 religious dissenters burned at the stake. What a piece of garbage. Yeah, another piece of shit. Yeah, jeez Louise, all of these possible Bloody Mary candidates sound way worse than... Mary Worth, the woman falsely accused of killing her children. Or than Shabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, much, much worse than Shabrina the Teenage Witch. Incidentally, after Mary, Bloody Mary the Queen's death in 1558, her reestablishment of Roman Catholicism was reversed by her younger half-sister and successor, Elizabeth I. I thought that was funny. All that stuff she did, and then her little her little half sister was like, "No, no, I'm sorry. Actually, I do want a church where I get to be the representative of God on earth." So, <laughs> <laughs> too bad. <laughs> We're going back to that one. So, I'm the Pope now. So, I already told you. I don't think I have to go into this because the story that you read. Mm -hmm. uh, was how human Mary supposedly became Bloody Mary in the tale of Mary Worth, that she was okay. buried alive. Okay. And then she clawed at the coffin, you know, that's why she claws at people's and eyes. And that's how she got, okay, makes sense. Pulled the plague string and all that, you know, and she comes and claws the eyes out if, because her spirit attached to the mirror when the doctor put it under her nose. Okay, that's, that's so for... The one that was the uh, New England witch, or just the classic Mary Worth, just lady. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, okay. that's in the... Because we know what happened to, uh, you know, the queen, I'm sure. That didn't happen to her. Right. Uh, and, and not uh, slave killer Mary Worth. No, no. She ended up hopefully buried face down so she can look at herself in hell. <laughs> Do you have any more Candyman facts for me? I certainly do. Candy Mac. <laughs> Candy Mac. Candyman mm. fact number four. Tony Todd was stung 23 times and Oof. got a bonus each time it happened. That's fair. In addition to allowing the filmmakers to cover his face with bees, Tony Todd actually agreed to film a scene with a mouthful of bees and all that was real. He wore a dental wow. dam, which that is hilarious, to prevent any bees from sliding into his throat. Uh, but Good that thinking. doesn't that doesn't mean he didn't suffer a sting or two or twenty three. Uh, though it might have been worth it because he he had a great lawyer. He said and made a thousand dollars a pop. That's what I was thinking. That's how much I would ask for. I would ask for five. I I would ask for five, but I'd be happy with one. <laughs> 
I don't know, it in your mouth? I mean, it would really suck. I'm not going to say it's not going to suck. But you know what's pretty nice? A fucking thousand dollars. Yeah. It depends. Eddie Murphy, you'd have to pay him ten for each, I bet. More than... He wouldn't have done it. To, he, he wouldn't have done yeah. it. He would have been no, like... He wouldn't have, and, th- and that is a true testament to Tony Todd's craft. Do his laugh and then say, I'm not doing those bees. I don't, I don't have an Eddie Murphy laugh. <laughs> I can't do it with my voice in its current state. I could, I, I could try... Nah. Nah. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. So next, Candyman. I could I could do Eddie Murphy doing uh, um his bit about Mr. T being a homosexual. No, we're gonna skip right past that one. Okay, um, Candyman fact five: Virginia Madsen had crazy bee experiences too. She mm. said they used baby bees on me. They they can still sting you, but they're less likely. When they put the bees on me, it was crazy because they have fur. They felt like little Q-tips roaming around. Then you have pheromones on you so they're all like in love with you and think you're a giant queen. I had to go to this zen sort of place and the takes were really short. And they took so long to get the bees off us. They had this tiny bee vacuum which wouldn't harm the bees. It took 45 minutes to get the bees off us. Wow. That's a long time to get bees off of you. With a bee vacuum. With a bee vacuum. Was that your Virginia Manson impression? Yes. I feel it's not specific. Yeah, I just, I, my voice right now, I'm just doing generic female. Okay. It wasn't my Virginia Madsen. Would you like to hear my Virginia Madsen? Yes. Okay. So do that whole thing again in your Virginia I'll Madsen. work on it for next week, and then I'll give you, I will actually do it, Virginia Madsen from the film. All right. Okay, I'll work on it. I don't, I don't know how it'll come out, but I'll try. Um, number six, there was an actual Candyman killer who appeared yeah. out of mirrors. No, he didn't do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, though the Chicago-based legend of Candyman is fiction, obviously, there was an actual serial killer known as the Candyman. Mm. Between 1970 and 73, Dean Coral kidnapped, tortured, and murdered at least 28 young boys in the Houston area. Mm. Coral earned his sweet nickname. Ugh, that's not a good pun by them. Coral, no. earned his, Coral earned his nickname from the fact that his family owned a candy factory. Mm. It's not a sweet nickname if you're a murderer. No. And is that... Uh, was Mind Hunters sort of about his case? E- or one was of that, the case- no, that was Atlanta. I'm thinking of the case in Atlanta. Oh, with the black kids disappearing. Yeah. That was, that was, yeah, that was Mind Hunters. That was a different case. All right. Well... So, where were we with, uh, with Bloody Mary? Oh, with Bloody Mary. We, we are all the way to Bloody Mary in pop culture. All right. And Bloody Mary appeal, uh, appears in a bunch of stuff, like films such as Urban Legends, Bloody Mary. Mm. A 2005 horror film by Mary Lambert. No relation. <laughs> ah! uh, it's the third installment in the Urban Legends series, and you probably have not seen it. No, I liked the first two urban legends. I didn't see the second one or the first. I don't think I saw the first one. They're not bad. They they're not great either. I'm guessing. They're not, no, they're they're sort of good post scream slashers. Okay. Like I I like them better than I know what you did last summer. Yeah, I don't love that. I don't, but they're I don't like around bad, that. I, don't, I I need a top tier slasher if it's going to be a slasher because I don't love slashers. Yeah, yeah. I think you and me are flip back and forth on ghost movies this way. I can I can enjoy a B slasher. 
and I, I can, can enjoy, enjoy a B conjuring. Yeah, and I can't. I can't even enjoy an A conjuring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. All right, and then there was Bloody Mary, a 2011 horror film by Charlie Vaughn, in which a group of filmmakers awaken a seductive version of Bloody Mary. Yeah, now we're talking. I like the sound of that. Uh, I like to see yeah. that script. And I then, think this one might have the HBO warning brief nudity. I, that one has legs, I think. Not, you know what I mean. Yeah. That was not a pun. I, I just mean it has, <laughs> I think it's good. Um, and here's one I actually have seen, Ghost Killers vs. Bloody Mary. Okay. Have you seen that? No. It's really... Is this part of a larger Ghost Killers franchise? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. It's a 2018 Brazilian horror comedy film. It's subtitled about a group of ghost hunting YouTubers that are called by a school to calm the students after Bloody Mary appears. And okay. it, it's very, it's pretty funny. I believe it. Yeah, I really, I found it enjoyable, and I, uh, I think uh, Uncle Monster Two might suggest it on uh, television on Supernatural. There was an mm. episode titled Bloody Mary involving a ghost that attacked those looking into a mirror while her name was repeated. What uh, season was that? First. Oh, all right, yeah. Due to her death, Mary's ghost would only attack people who looked in the mirror while her name was being invoked if they had some secret relating to their role in the death of someone else. Mm. The Winchester... But don't we all? The Win... No. The Winchester brothers were able to defeat her by drawing her out of the mirror, then showing her her own reflection, causing her to judge herself. Oh... Think about it. Oh, oh! I thought someone was knocking on the door, but those people working on the gutters. It's the poor dog. Uh, oh. And then, of course, the South Park episode, Hell on Earth 2006, sees Butters, my favorite, I love Butters, summoning the ghost of rapper Biggie Smalls by saying his name three times in front of the bathroom mirror with the lights off, a clear reference to Bloody Mary. Yep. And there's a bunch of video game ones that are boring. And Lady Gaga uh, references Bloody Mary in her album Born This Way. All right. Oh, so the, there we go. The name of the track is called Bloody Mary. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so that, for all you that is Bloody Mary for you, Shibble. What do you think? Wow. Wow. I think Bloody Mary sounds... She sounds crazy to me. Yeah. But can she love... werewolf ain't my dad but it's not so bad it might sound crazy but can it love can it give me a kiss can it hold my hand would it say i love you does it understand does it know that i've never felt this way before there's a full moon tonight so romantic and this might sound crazy but can it love can it love well can bloody mary love i am gonna say based on what we know i'm gonna mm -hmm. say no i think okay. that even interesting expand on that i think that even if 
she's grieving or once loved her babies, whatever's mm-hmm. left of her human mind has been so warped that like her perception is demonic now and no longer applicable, you know, like to human emotions like love. I think she's past human and past uh human emotion. That's fair. Yeah, and I think we can we can say let's go with the witch as the origin that they will use and that story will be the one that we use for Fight Night. Which is I think one's Elizabeth Bathory, you know, the the one that was closest to story time. Oh, okay. Like uh so not the you know, slave, the, not the slave, the one who turns in slaves yeah. for fun. No, we're not gonna be uh, doing the worst. Th- a member of the anti underground railroad. The reverse, gonna, the reverse underground railroad, the overground railroad, the bizarro underground <laughs> railroad. We're not doing that. We're not gonna Elizabeth Bathory. I feel like she's sort of her own thing. Yeah, I think Bloody Mary, sort of her own thing. The the Queen, sort of her own thing. I feel like this is the one that we should go with. So we'll go with Mary Worth, who uh, babies got taken away and got buried alive and became Bloody Mary. Yes. Okay. So that's what I think. Now you tell me if you think she can love. I'm going to say I don't... The only thing that would make me say it's possible is that she sometimes uh is beneficial you know she will show oh, her you the face inside. of your future husband so maybe she can't love but maybe she's still a romantic no that's transactional well it's like you maybe you take the chance of calling her she might show your husband she might kill you you know that's not a transaction that's a coin flip you it's know, still I, a transaction. What? You're doing this for one of two results. You're going to get one of two results if you do this. Yeah. But what does she get out of it? That's To either murder you or get to show you the future. I don't know. You and ask she her. likes showing you who you're going to marry. I think she likes She's murdering you, but I think she has to show a certain percentage. I think one out of ten she has to show the future to. Okay, because otherwise no one would ever even bother. Right, because it would just be, we're going to get murdered, you know? Okay. That's, okay. But I mean, she could be showing people anything. She's choosing to show them who they're going to marry. She probably shows the same guy's face every time. It's probably <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're marrying John Stamos. <laughs> no, it should be the other. Well, who's Joey? Uh, oh, you're Dave Coulier. Dave Coulier. <laughs> Alanis Morissette's like, fucking yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Win. I knew it. Isn't that ironic? So. <laughs> so what's your, what's your first date with Bloody Mary? Uh, I think uh, we're gonna go someplace. No kids. Why? Loud. You know what? We're gonna get, we're gonna go for brunch. Oh, that's nice. Where? Oh, you know, someplace not too fancy. I don't want to have to wait out in line for a long time. But someplace that's local and that has a good Bloody Mary. Oh. And we'll be like, ah, oh, we're doing it. Oh, that's so, so cute. You guys can put it on Instagram. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, she probably gets it a lot. I don't know. Maybe that's corny. I don't think she dates much. It's true. I My first but, date idea was... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, tell me your date idea. Well, no, I don't want to now. I want to hear what you wanted to say. Oh, I want to say, can she fuck? Oh, you were going to skip my first date? 
yeah. I, tell me your date. I wanted to go to an amusement park because they have like a hall of mirrors. Mm, and how much fun would mirrors. that be? She loves that. And they have fried dough. Yeah, and that's always just a sweet treat. I think that she would be equally excited for both. Yeah. Well, no, I would be more... Ex- I like fried dough. That was more for me. Yeah, but the two of you, you know, if she doesn't like fried dough, then she can't hang. There's not going to be a second. That's day, true. So that's if she's like, no, I'm just looking for my dead babies. I don't want fried dough. I'm like, this probably won't work. Yeah, you need to be here in the moment with me. Right, exactly. It sounds yeah. like you're not... You've, you've got... Your dead babies on your mind. Be, and that's be understandable, present. Yeah, be present. But Stop. Yeah, if you, if you're not ready for a relationship right now, then we need to recognize. Yeah. That. If you're not in the moment, if you're still trying to turn in slaves, this just isn't going to work. But can she fuck? <laughs> that sounds crazy, but can she fuck? Um, of course. That's a stupid question, Shibel. Uh, she has had kids. Just look at her. Yeah, and she can become infatuated with you, as I recall, and pull you into the mirror world. Yeah, if she likes you, you're you're going to other world, like 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 the elevator game. Yeah, and in the other world, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna French. What else? You're gonna maybe second. You're probably you you might you might even get it to third. No, a little a little me you. You know what I mean? That's third is gross. <laughs> Speaking of gross, I believe you sent me some erotica. Well, that that does come into play here. If we're gonna ask if she can do the f word, then we gotta we gotta look at some, you know, references, some reference material. So I pulled up some Bloody Mary erotica, and I thought maybe you would read it because your dulcet tones always bring out the best in these people's work. All right, and I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try and make an erotica bumper song for when we have erotica because i think that would be fun erotica erotica shibble's gonna read erotica he's gonna read about tits he's gonna read about dicks he's gonna read about clits he's gonna read about shit he's gonna read about erotica i was thinking maybe something a little bit more to put people in the mood but oh (laughs) so that was the a vibe that came out of nowhere for me all right here we go I will, however, tell you what it meant for me when I heard these words. That is the weirdest fucking opening sentence I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I I wouldn't have gone with that. I will, however, tell you what it meant (laughs) for me when I heard these words. (laughs) It meant she was ready. And in that instant, everything I knew about Bloody Mary came rushing back into my head. From back when I was just a child. I heard her again. This time she said, You will remember. <laughs> I was steps away from my bathroom when I had the urge <laughs> to close my eyes. <laughs> Doing so changed my surroundings. Ooh. I could still see in a way I never thought possible. I was watching myself stand there, but my soul looked on. Oh, that is the worst writing. I'm sorry. I didn't write I watched it. God. I watched as she stepped closer. She looked exactly as she had some 20 years past. She was still beautiful, even though she was still wearing the same bloody attire. (laughs) She stopped only when she was less than an arm's length away. What happens next was like a car accident. (laughs) 
It happened so quickly, there was nothing I could do to stop it. I pulled her close to me. With such force, our bodies made a noise. Much like slabs of meat being slammed against a table. Her lips pressed against mine. I could taste the blood that lingered on her tongue. I grew excited. A bed appeared behind her suddenly and without reason. It had a reason. It didn't matter, though. I wanted her. I wanted her like I wanted no other. I had to drop my seed inside her. (laughs) To thrust my manhood into her womb. (laughs) That's rough. That's rough. (laughs) Why should I try to figure out why a bed appeared when she was offering what I wanted? No, what I craved. (laughs) Quite simply, I needed to fill her like a whore. (laughs) My fingers rushed through her hair, getting tangled in the bloody mess. (laughs) Her dress held tight against her bosom. I knew her breasts would stand against gravity if she would have removed her clothing. She must have died as a teenager. Dude, come on. She must have died as a teenager. Come on, my dude. We floated to the bed. We should have fallen, but our bodies just seemed to crash like feathers. Crash like feathers. I could feel the wet texture of her life essence. (laughs) Her blood never dried. It would drip from her body, but I didn't care. I wanted her. I wanted to be inside her, to fuck her like she never was before. In fact, I believe she died a virgin. (laughs) That could possibly have been the very reason she died. She didn't want that taken from her. A gift for her true love. Very good. Me, me, the narrator. Yeah. Me, this is beautiful what you're seeing, actually. (laughs) When I drop my seed directly into her womb. <laughs> I thought that was particularly poorly written. Uh, it, it had a lot that I, uh, you know, it had its ups and downs. No, it was That's awful. Sure. I mean, it was very uh, entertaining. Don't get me wrong. You guys should definitely support the author because this is very entertaining stuff. But, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say she can fuck. No question. Oh, after that, there's uh, uh, that's a big yes. Yeah. So I guess that means it's fight night. It is fight night. Fight. Dun, dun. So, so how many shacks? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we've got Bloody Mary versus yeah. how many prime Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq, you, you tell me, Shaq. What do you think will happen in this matchup of you versus Bloody Prime, prime you versus Bloody Mary? All right. I'm in college. That's his prime? Down it. Definitely. The height of my youth. 
Perhaps, maybe not. Inter- okay, fine. I'm on the magic. Okay. I'm on the Orlando magic. I'm seven foot one, 380 pounds of muscle. <laughs> I walk into my giant bathroom. Why is your voice so high today? Because I'm excited. <laughs> I walk into my giant bathroom at midnight. And I look in the mirror and I say, Bloody Mary, I killed your baby. (laughs) She appears behind me and begins to claw my eyes out. (laughs) That's when a second shack grabs her and smashes her into the toilet, completely crushing her skull. Two shacks. Two shacks. (laughs) I'm thinking two. I'm thinking two shacks. I think that's that's a perfectly understandable scenario i mean you know one gets her attention the other one smashes her head in <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm not saying that one couldn't take down bloody mary but bloody mary could get lucky well you never know that, I mean, she, it's a ghost you know yeah they're unpredictable they are very but i think two two's got it all right bloody mary versus candy man mm. well Candyman seems kind of like Bloody Mary plus Hook plus Bees. So I'm going to put this one on Candyman. Mm. But what if Bloody Mary reports him to the reverse underground railroad? <laughs> She's going to fucking regret it. Yes, she will. <laughs> Helen. Mary. Mary. Where's my flight of the bumblebees? I want that every time I say Mary. <laughs> All right, we've got Bloody Mary versus Ryan Reynolds at his most charming. Mm. Boy, he can be a charmer. Very. It seems like he never finds the right project. Um, Deadpool. I mean? Deadpool is a good project, Bram. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that was probably his best fit. But it always feels like he's better than whatever movie he's in. Uh, like Green Lantern. Yeah, or like any of the romantic comedies he did with like Amy Smart. Right. Well, she's pretty. Like, she is. Pre- I'm not saying she's not pretty. I'm not saying she's not a good actress. She isn't. Just never felt like those were very good. And neither are the hitman's bodyguards' wife stuff. I don't care for those. Yeah, his his current like pseudo action era is like it's a nothing. Bloody Mary's got him. He'd be like, "Hey, babe." I feel like one liner, yeah, one liner. But- yeah, yeah. I mean, she might try and bone him, but since it's fight night, once they start actually fighting, you know, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be all over. What if he spills his seed inside? <laughs> Boy. <laughs> okay. I think Bloody Mary. That's just too complicated. Bloody Mary versus us in a mirrored funhouse during Shiva. Okay, so all the mirrors are covered. That's correct. Uh, but I don't remember anything about having to like see the mirror. I think you have to look in it. Okay. So best case scenario, she just doesn't show up for fight night and uh, we win by default. Oh, great. We won. We got one. We never win. No, no, we are not fighters. Bloody Mary versus the entire writing crew from Black Mirror. Okay, so they're going to imagine, like, what if Bloody Mary was a cell phone? (laughs) 
What if Bloody Mary was a computer program that was that was malevolent and created by the by the government to take over our lives? Why if Bloody Mary had a Twitter account? I think it would go a little something like this. <laughs> what if there was a Bloody Mary QR code? What if there was a Bloody Mary Po app? What if Peloton had Bloody Mary on the bicycle on the other side? What if she was the instructor for your Peloton? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to put this one on Bloody Mary. Okay. Bloody Mary versus Muddy Barry, a cryptid that is a monstrous replica of Barry Manilow made of mud. Mmm. Made of mud. Bloody, ba- Bloody Mary versus Muddy Barry. Muddy Barry is made of blood, made of mud. Yes. Like, and so he's like a golem? Yes, but of Ma- Barry Manilow. It looks just like him. But he's... But okay, so um, yeah, I'm gonna put this one on Muddy Barry. You think Barry Manilow defeats Bloody Mary? I think a golem that looks like Barry Manilow could defeat Bloody Mary. Good point. Bloody Mary versus Reggie, Mike, and Jorby from Phantasm. Oh boy, they got Jorby there. All right. Yeah. Just, I mean, how about just Reggie and Mike from Phantasm? Are they armed? Oh. Are you kidding me? Reggie's got his quad shotgun, and okay. Mike's got the flamethrower. Okay, so your classic Phantasm Two loadout. I'm gonna put this one on Reggie and Mike. No problem. Bloody Mary versus Ivanka Trump. Who is more comfortable in front of a mirror? Ooh, well, I'm gonna say Ivanka. Bloody, she's more comfortable behind the mirror. <laughs> Wait, what? Bloody Mary's more comfortable behind the mirror. Oh, that's true, and Ivanka's more comfortable in front of it. I that's that's well put, and that, my friends, was fight night. Boy. You know what, this whole situation, I gotta tell you, it's been very frightening for me. It's been a whole big thing. Is it facts or is it frightening? Is it I need to be grounded with some facts. Oh, you do? Some Candyman facts. How about this one, Chibi? Candyman was not black in Clive Barker's original story. Mm. Bernard Rose took some considerable liberties in adapting Clive Barker's story, The Forbidden, to the screen. As well as moving the action to the other side of the Atlantic, it was Rose's decision to make the most notable change of all, the ethnicity of the supernatural antagonist. He was a pale-skinned man with long blonde hair and brightly colored patchwork clothes in The Forbidden, that's a far cry from uh, how Candyman is portrayed by Tony Todd. However, Rose felt making the character a black man descend- descended from slaves would add to the underlying social commentary. Barker approved these changes, happily declaring the film to be Bernard Rose's baby. Well, fair enough. I killed Bernard uh, Rose's baby. Right <laughs> I'm sorry, I was talking about this drink I invented called the Bernard Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd studied ballroom dancing and fencing together to enhance their romantic connection. Oh, that's great. Because uh, Bernard Rose has likened Candyman to Dracula, whilst Todd has, uh, Tony Todd has described the character as his own personal phantom of the opera. All right. Ne- yeah, those are two great references that you can, you can feel that they're pulling from. He feels like a classic universal monster. Yeah, that's that's a, an interesting point that I hadn't ever considered. Good one, Chips. Yeah, he feels like that sort of level of iconic. 
you know what I, I mean? agree totally. I mean, you know, I'm a fan. And yeah. last but not least, there were once talks about a Candyman Leprechaun crossover. Mm. Just when you thought the idea of Eddie Murphy playing Candyman was the most ridiculous thing you'd heard, get a load of this strange but true tidbit. I, I, I love I reading other people's that. writing. It's so fun. Yeah, yeah, this is what happens when you when you do. Yeah. In the wake of 2003 hit Freddy vs. Jason, studios got excited about the idea of horror crossover movies. As a result of this, there were once discussions about a possible Candyman vs. Leprechaun movie. So no new Fair information enough. in that paragraph. So, if you had to make a crossover, what crossover do you want? Um... I love Freddy. Freddy, Freddy, and Candyman would be great because mm. they're. I think they're my two favorite villains. That's fair. Uh, I I'll tell you what one I want. Uh, Chucky versus Alien. I would like Chucky versus Leprechaun. I feel like they're too similar. Yeah, I know. It'd be kind of funny. They're they're similar sizes. No, I like the idea of, like, a little tiny Chucky just going around, like, fucking up aliens and, like, cutting their Achilles tendons <laughs> and, like, running away laughing. Like, you fucking piece of shit alien! I think Chucky would be scared. How did I get here? I mean, he is a human stuck inside a doll's body. I think he'd be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, but also he's a psycho, and maybe he's thinking, what if I could put my consciousness out of the Chucky doll and into an alien? No, that's where then the movie I could goes. Fucking kill everything. That's, that's where, where the movie ends. would go. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where yeah. the sequel starts. Yeah. Well, you've already written two there. Boom. Yeah. And boy, they sound frightening, as does Bloody Mary. I'm quaking in my boots here, my man. You gotta tell me, is, is it real? Is real? Check it, Pavakasha. Hey! Hey! <laughs> uh, staring into the mirror, Shibby, in a dib- mm-hmm. dimly lit room for a prolonged period can cause one to hallucinate. Mm. Facial features may appear to melt, distort, disappear, and rotate, while other hallucinatory elements, such as animal or strange faces, may appear. Mm. Giovanni Caputo of the University of Urbino writes that this phenomenon, which he calls the strange face illusion, is believed to be a consequence of a dissociative identity effect, which causes the brain's facial recognition system to misfire in a currently unidentified way. Mm, that sounds horrifying. So that's why you get scared at night. Yeah, because I've been sitting and staring in the mirror by candlelight for too long. <laughs> I've got to stop doing that! <laughs> So I guess don't stare in a mirror in a dinner room. Yeah, I just, room. you know, what I've been doing is, you know, after dinner, I'll watch a little TV. <laughs> and then I'll say, well, I'm going to go in the bathroom for a while, sweetie. And I'll grab a candle. And I'll just stare in the mirror until I start to feel tired. But I never get tired because it looks like my face is melting after a couple of hours. Is that a form of body dysmorphia that you stare in the mirror too long and your face melts? And you're like, oh my god, I'm ugly. I think it might be considered... A- Perhaps a very specific attack of body dysmorphia. Yeah, it might be. Other pos- I think it, it sounds more like a type of aphasia to me. Yeah. Like a face blindness. That's true. But you, but you could categorize it as a dysmorphia. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like they don't know that much about this phenomenon. Yeah, it's unidentified, the mechanism. Uh, other possible explanations for the phenomenon include illusions attributed at least partially to the perceptual effects of Troxler's fading and possibly mm. self-hypnosis or apophenia. Mm. Of course. 
I know you were thinking Apophenia the whole time. Like, God yeah, damn the it. whole time I was like, when when is he gonna say Apophenia? Did he even do any research? You know, did he even look up what Apophenia was? Did he when even he saw Google Bloody Mary? I mean, did he even possibly learn how to spell Apophenia? And then find the definition, which we all know is the tendency to perceive meaningful connections between unrelated things. Oh my god, you guys know the truth. Yeah, you know what apophenia is. You don't need us to tell you You that. guys see the light and the truth. You see the red light? No, not yet, because although no? the tales of Bloody Mary are dismissed as a modern fairy tale of sorts, it's still a popular game among certain groups and maybe a rite of passage to some younger people and a means of confronting one's fears or a way to play a mean prank on someone. Okay. And yeah, classic slumber party game. Yeah, so it could be a rite of passage and, 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 and nothing more. And uh, I'm, I'm blinded suddenly. I mean, my eyes hurt like I've been staring in a mirror. Why is that? Uh, because, uh, we're getting the red light yes, from Uncle Monster. that's the red light. That is absolutely That is that the is. red light that is blinding that you. Is. As though you'd been staring in a mirror for several hours <laughs> by candlelight. Hey, Uncle Monster. Oh, my God. Yes. Uncle Monster. Yes! Yeah, there you are. I was, what, what, what did you I not, put what, on the red light, you guys. Are you shy today? Roxanne. What? Roxanne, I put on the red light. <laughs> Roxanne, how'd you like the episode? I really enjoyed. I thought I had a great time. I think I might listen to some more. <laughs> some more. Normally, I don't listen to the episodes. Do you have any? Do you have any uh, movie uh, tips for us for the time? I sure do. I'm gonna say that you should check out. Candyman. <laughs> the, it just came up so much in the episode. I think I should watch the movie. I haven't seen it, but I think I'm curious about Candyman. Is there anyone else back there who wants to say anything? I think, is that Uncle Monster too? Hi, guys! Uncle Monster's brother that licenses his act? Yeah, I take it around and do it in different places. And I call myself Uncle Monster too, but it's the same act. Do you have any movie recommendations? Yeah, for I us? do. This one's a good one. It's called The Unholy. Okay. It's about a lady who's kind of possessed by the Virgin Mary. Okay. That, wow, that, that seems in. like a weird situation. It ties in because there's Bloody Mary. Mary. Yeah. But it turns and out Mary. that she's performing these miracles, and it may not be a, a benevolent force that's that's giving her the power after all. So it's a great horror movie, and I suggest you watch it. Wow, that sounds... It's a rare horror movie that's from the Protestant point of view. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> thank you, Uncle Monster 2. I, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and listening, as always. You can always find us online, and we love when you do, at Uncle Monster 6 on Instagram, mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter, and, of course, Patreon if you want to get fancy. Yeah, and there you can find a bunch of our fun bonus episodes. We're just wrapping up our series on the Phantasm franchise of Uncle Monster at the movies. We're going to be starting up, uh, we're doing Candyman franchise next. Oh, isn't that, well, what a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, small world, eh? <laughs> so, uh, if, 
come and, and give that a listen. We're going to be watching every Candyman film that's been released. Uh, and we've been having a lot of fun with those discussions. So come check them out. And uh, until next time. Don't, don't get, get spooked. spooked.